Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Well, speaking of Russell Wilson, we'll bring in a Super Bowl champion in a sec to talk Russell Wilson, who is in a very remote destination. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He is Ian Fitzsimmons. We are presented by Progressive. Ian, we bring him in. He's an NFL analyst for Fox Sports. He hosts on 104.3 The Fan in my hometown of Denver, Colorado. We don't know this. I was once his intern. Mark Schlereth joins Get us now on ESPN Radio. Yes. Stink. Uh, where, How where was that? The, stink. <laughs> let's, well, you can either start there or where in the heck are you? Um, yeah, I am. Uh, it's like a, this is like a series of 10 questions. It was a question 10. Uh, either way, <laughs> you know, who, who cares? But um, – I am. I'm up in Anchorage, Alaska, just up on the hillside right now, and uh, enjoying spending a little time at my uh, childhood home with my father, and my wife, and my daughters are up here right now, and they're doing a little fishing, and uh, you know, just trying not to get uh, mauled by a bear or uh, attacked by moose right now. That's what we're doing. Question ten is a very inside line. Good job out of you, uh, Stink. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to explain that later. Um, I, so. Uh, Bob, you brought up bears and moose. You sent us pictures of a bear in. Is that your parents' front yard? Is because last time I saw a bear, I was living in Wilson, Wyoming. So tips to avoid yeah. bears. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, they're, they're just they're just foraging right now. They, they don't. Uh, they're more scared of you than you are of the bear. The moose are more dangerous, actually. Uh, the mother moose. Will- yeah, the the mama moose is more. De- they're pretty docile, but when you come up on their, you know, on their babies, then they're then they're they're mean. But uh, yeah, th- that was the moose was right in the backyard there, and the the bear was on the side of the house uh, getting after a bird feeder is what he was doing. So yeah, they're pretty they're pretty scared of you. It's probably it's not a huge little black bear, probably 180, 200 pounds, something like that. It was it was a you know young black bear, not not real huge. How much to wrestle a 180-pound black bear? Oh, I'd pin it, and I'd pin it, and I, like I'd throw it in a over-under lateral drop, put it on its back, and make it beg for mercy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not, yeah, yeah. Stick could do it for free. If the moose and the bear fought, who would win? Oh, the moose would, the, this moose, you should have seen the shoulders on this mother moose. She looked like me. Skinny little legs, ginormous shoulders. She's built just like I am. Um, so yeah, she was that that bear wouldn't mess with that moose. I, I promise you that that moose would uh, he would stomp kick it to death. Moose three technique or wide nine? <laughs> the moose can go, man. Now not uh, turning. A, I don't know about turning a corner, but you want to talk about a bull rush? Uh, yeah, I go wide nine coming off the edge. She'd be scary. <laughs> 
Uh, only Russell- stink, only stink, and give us a football <laughs> breakdown of a moose and a bear here on ESPN Radio, Goldie. God bless R- you, stink. R- R- Russell, both are attacking Russell Wilson. Which one sacks him first? I guess is the transition that I'm looking for here. Uh, stink, you you are in Denver, and I think they're one of the most fascinating teams in the league. I I think their level of variance is crazy high. What does a good season look like for the Denver Broncos? I think I think you know I'm looking for them to try. I think the the over under right now is like eight and a half. You know, eight and a hook. I think nine wins, um, maybe flirting with ten wins would be you know would be a really good season for the Broncos. Um, I think one of the one of the really interesting things for me with this with this football team is just the level of dysfunction that went down last year makes me feel like they could be four or five games better um, because it was an epic level of dysfunction. First off, like at what point have you ever heard of a quarterback bringing his own quarterback coach in and that quarterback coach having access to the facility and to practice? Like that just, I've never heard of that ever happening anywhere else. Game planning separate of the coaches, and then trying to meld the two game plans together on Wednesday. I mean, stuff that doesn't happen, like it wouldn't happen in any other facility that, you know, Russell Wilson was given the opportunity to have those things go on. Um, and, you know, Sean Payton, the first thing he did was come and, and absolutely put the kibosh to it. That's not going to happen, you know, under my watch. And I think one of the cool things about Sean for me is um, – you know, I've known the guy for a long time, and I actually consulted for his organization when he's with the Saints, and um, and I've spent some time with him. And one of the things I always do is I always talk to coaches um, across the league before I, you know, before I start a season, and talk to them about game planning, or if you were doing what I did for a living, how would you go about it, and what would be the most efficient way? And you know, you're always just trying to learn and trying to pick the brain of people who do it and have done it at a really high level and are very smart. Sean is one of those guys. And an interesting conversation I had with him that I think is applicable to Russell Wilson and coaching Russell Wilson is he goes, you know, a lot of young coaches, proven myself as a young coach, you see a juicy matchup that you want to attack. And even though it exposes you in other places, you're like, ah, yeah, but if we get this, man, it's going to be a touchdown. This is great. And he goes, you know, you learn over time that, I don't care how juicy the matchup is. If it exposes you and it puts a guy in a position where he's going to lose, you got to find the next matchup. And ultimately, my number one responsibility when it comes to game planning is mitigating potential disaster. That's number one. So I put a guy in a position to fail. Don't be surprised when he fails because you're the dumbass who put him there. And ultimately, Russell Wilson will not be put in a position to do things that he doesn't do well. And there are, like every player, this is not derogatory, every player has things that he does really well. And every player has some things that he doesn't do well. And the number one, you know, the number one thing that Sean has to do is say, hey, here are the things that you do really well. Here are the things you did in Seattle really well. These are great. Here are the things you don't do well. And I'm not going to put you in a position, even though, you know, that the prevailing thought was I want to become Drew Brees. I want to be more of a pocket guy. Well, guess what? That's not who you are. And that's okay. We can still win with the things that you do exceptionally well. And I think that's the biggest thing is getting him to buy into those things 
and getting him to accept the fact that Seattle did a great job. Pete Carroll did a great job with you saying, we're going to stick with X, Y, and Z, and we're not going to mess with A, B, and C. And that's okay. We can still win that way. He's a three-time Super Bowl champion. Uh, Mark Schlereth, now NFL analyst for Fox Sports. You can hear him on 104.3 The Fan in Denver with Aaron Goldhammer on me and Fitzsimmons here on ESPN Radio. And Stinkier is good on, on, on big, broad subjects. I'm going to go with it league-wide here. You've been on some, as I mentioned, three Super Bowl teams. You were on a couple of bad teams. When do you realize, as a player, that you're on a squad that has a legit shot to win it all? And conversely, flip side, when do you realize your team stinks and you got no shot? Um, early, like real early. On both, there's like you, you know, you know, like um, most guys in the league could pick the roster down to the last two or three spots the first day of minicamp. Wow. The first day you see guys play, you know, I always, I always tell this story. I was in Denver late in my career, fat, out of shape, you know, don't care. <laughs> and um, I was sitting in my locker just in a pair of shorts, big big belly hanging over my shorts and everything else. And there was this cat that was uh, playing D-line for us, a little three technique, short guy, just a muscle pig, like absolutely yoked <laughs> muscle pig. And I'm looking at him just kind of admiring his body from across the locker room as I'm sitting in my locker all fat. And he looks at me and says, what are you looking at? Yeah, I say, hey, no offense, but it's just my experience that you got way too many muscles to be any good at playing football. You ain't going to make this team. And I'd never <laughs> see the guy play in it. I'd never seen him take a snap in my life. Uh, he was, yeah, he was worthless. They cut him two days later. Um, but, you know, it's just, there's, there, there's a, lot, a lot of guys that you just look at and you can instantly watch the guy's body movement and the way he handles himself on a field, and you're like, man, that dude can play. And then the, the opposite of that is true as well. You'll see a guy, and you're like, boy, that guy got no chance. And it's almost, I mean, you rarely, as a player, you're rarely ever wrong. Um, and so most players just, you, you can just tell the guys that can play, the guys who can't. Um, I always say that it's, football is really easy for football players it's really hard for athletes and it's just something that is just true. You got to find great football players. The unfortunate part of the game with the draft and everything else is that a lot of teams um, draft athletic, you know, draft athletes and think they can make them into football players. And my experience is just, that's just not how it works. You got to draft football players and hope that they're great you know, they're unbelievably athletic and everything else. And most of them are really athletic, but you, you get the point. I mean, it's, you can either play or you can't, and uh, you can always get better at stuff. But for the most part, the guys you can play have always just been able to play. Yes. Think it as you bring this up. It reminds me of what's going on in San Francisco with Trey Lance. Sam Darnold now is going to be the backup there. I mean, if you were Trey Lance's teammate, knowing that right now he's the third-string quarterback after being the third pick in the draft, what would you be telling him? Um, you know, my my, I guess my thing for him would be, you got to learn the game, you got to understand the game. Um, as soon as that happened in San Francisco, it's, I mean, as soon as they went out right early in free agency and got Sam Darnold, I said this as soon as it happened, whenever it happened in March or whatever it was, I go, oh, he's going to be the backup quarterback to Brock Purdy. Uh, and just knew it instantly. Like, there's no competition there because Trey Lance is just not ready for primetime yet. But ultimately, 
ultimately, you know, you've got to continue to grind and learn the game. He didn't play a whole lot, played at a small school, um, didn't play a whole lot during the course of his college career. It's tough to overcome all those things. And, um, and sometimes, you know, those guys just don't ever overcome that. It, it's, it doesn't process, the, the game doesn't process quickly. And not processing the game quickly doesn't mean that you're not intelligent. There are plenty of guys who are super intelligent that can't process the game quickly. You ever have a writer, like a really good writer on the air, and say, hey, man, this guy's great. This article's unbelievable. What a great writer, man. It's just, I mean, pen to paper, this guy's unbelievable. So you have the guy on the air, and he can't string two sentences together? Yeah. Like he's oh, yeah. smart. Yeah. He's intelligent, but he can't articulate unless it's on paper. And some guys are smart. They're intelligent on a grease board. They are phenomenal. And then they get on the football field, and they crap in their helmets. They can't process the information quickly enough. You've got to be able to take it into your eyes and instantly make a decision. And that decision is, you know, the difference between a touchdown and a pick six. That decision is between blocking a guy and getting your quarterback hit. Uh, I mean, those decisions are instant. And you've got to be right 100% of the time. And that is a skill that's God-given. Just like some guys can run really unbelievable 40s, right? No matter how hard you work, if you're not a good 40 runner, you're probably never going to be an elite 40-time guy. But there are those there are those people that same thing goes for processing information. If your brain sees it and you can process it instantly and react instantly, you're probably going to be a pretty damn good player. If you can't, um, then you're probably not going to be worth a crap. And that's just one of those things that's God-given, just like athleticism is God-given. And some people can process stuff really quickly. Some people can't. And you just never really know until you get the guy in your building whether he's going to be able to do that. And I'm not saying that Trey can't do that, um, but at, at this current level, he hasn't been able to do that properly or hasn't been able to do that efficiently. People may not know, you, you're, you are from Alaska. That's where you are right now. I'm Mark Schlereth, three-time Super Bowl champion, joining us here on ESPN Radio with Aaron Goldham, Rami, and Fitzsimmons. That's where you also got your nickname, Stink. So just out of curiosity, you're at your parents' house. How many showers are you actually taking going back to where you got the nickname, Stink? I mean, are you actually bathing, or is it just to hell with it? I'm around my parents and not my wife and kids. I'm, I'm good. I'm just going to go all natural. Yeah, and nah. No, it actually has to do with rotten fish heads in Alaska. That stink heads. That's how I get that nickname. Not because I didn't shower. I've showered every day, uh, for the most part. Well, you well, hold on a minute. That, wait a minute. That was not a dumb question from me. I've been accused of actually asking some dumb ones, but this is a man, ladies and gentlemen, that has not washed the T-shirt that he cuts his yard in and does all his landscaping. And he's a he's Obi Wan Kenobi in the yard. Yeah, how, when was the last right. time you washed that shirt? Your wife does not allow it to come into the house. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, that shortened shirt is three years without washing it. <laughs> and I spent a lot of time. I spent a lot of time in the yard. I did those pants, the shorts will eventually just disintegrate. They'll be on, and all of a sudden, you just, you know, you'll bend down or whatever, and they'll just rip out, and then you're done. Then you throw them away. Uh, but those things don't smell like that doesn't smell like, ter- that smells like victory. Ian, that's sweat, blood. You know, that's a victory. That's what that smells like. It doesn't smell rancid. Everybody knows that. Your mind. I tried it for three weeks at Goldie. Three weeks, my wife was like, no. "Don't even come in this house. No, don't just just no. go take a hose and a bar of soap in the backyard. Get out. Look, look, just get look, out." 
Stink has proven to me over the years that like I, I'm just not as manly a man as I possibly could be. I, I've never I don't mow my own lawn. Like these are things that it's just That's a sacrilegious. fail. I, I, I wish I wish I was different, yeah. but this is just I gotta I gotta be who I am. Uh, Mark, appreciate the time as always. Enjoy. What time is it going to get dark in Alaska tonight? Gosh, you know it's getting to that time where it's kind of cool and. Uh, and a lot of dew on the grass in the morning. So probably uh, it, it'll get dark around 10 tonight, 10-ish. It'll start getting kind of, you know, 9.30, kind of get dusky, 10 o'clock. It'll be, like by 10.30, it'll be, it'll be pretty dark. Wow. Well, yeah. I, I've always wanted to spend the day 24 hours of light, you know, up in, up in northern Alaska. It'll happen at some point. Uh, appreciate the time, as always. That's Mark Schlereth, Fox Sports NFL analyst, 104.3 The Fan in Denver. Thank you, Stink. Later, boys. See you, bud. He hasn't washed his shirt in years? I've asked some really dumb questions. He was blowing that one off, so I had to make sure we had context there. Yeah, years. And, like, he sent me a picture of of a pair of shorts, like, like a year and a half ago, that just literally just split because he hadn't been washed and just sweat in. And when you sweat in a shirt, like, I I went three weeks, and my wife literally said, just don't even come in here. This has been years for this man. And it, it becomes stiff as a board when you put it on at first. Yeah. And then he's got to sweat back through it again to get it to limber up. Oh, and then, my God. The, oh, the, yeah. The, the question Three is weeks. why. Like Three. You're mar- how many team T-shirts do you think you get when you play in the NFL? Like, you got to it, – it, it's, um, it's amazing to me. I guess I'm just not manly enough in the end to understand. Imagine sweating for three years in the same shirt and never having soap touch it. With that thing, when it has it has is like it a, is it a superstition growing under his armpits, man? It, it, there's got to be some superstition going on. I guess if I won the Super Bowl in a shirt, I wouldn't want to wash that shirt ever again. But other than that, I mean, I, I really like I really like a good washing machine. Coming up next, should the Cowboys <laughs> we we shift gears? Listen to this tease. Should the Cowboys trade for Jonathan Taylor? Speaking and, of stink. If they did, would it make them a legitimate Super Bowl contender? We will get to that on Canty and Carlin. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He's Ian Fitzsimmons after Ian has this word from our friends at Indeed. If you're having a hard time hiring in no time, you need Indeed, the number one source for hires in the U.S., according to Talent Nest. Sponsor a job, and Indeed will help you attract, interview, and hire candidates fast. With Instant Match, you'll instantly receive a short list of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. You can easily schedule and conduct virtual interviews all from one place. Visit Indeed.com slash credit to get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Get started at Indeed.com slash credit. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. 
Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Breaking news, ESPN's Adam Schefter is reporting the Colts have given all-pro running back Jonathan Taylor permission to seek a trade. It's not like they're looking to just unload him, and I don't think that they would trade him just to trade him. I was trying to piece together teams that have cap space and a lot of picks, and I don't know why the Bears came up in my mind. I think the irony here is so spectacular that the Colts have just spent half a year telling Jonathan Taylor he's not worth the money. Well, last year he was the number one pick in fantasy football. This year he might be playing on a new team soon. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He is Ian Fitzsimmons, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance Team. We just heard in the Sports Center update there with Christine Lisi. Uh, six teams have inquired about the availability of Jonathan Taylor. I always laugh. You know, the reporting is the Colts say they want a first-round pick back for Jonathan Taylor. I want two first-round picks back for Jonathan Taylor, but I'm pretty sure they're not going to get it, and I'm pretty sure, Ian, I'm curious where you're at with this, I'm pretty sure that they would take less than a one to just get this, you know, uh, now this issue that they created, their owner created, uh, to get their star running back on another team. They've already said through channels that they would take, if it's not a one the equivalent value of a one, whether that's a two and a fourth or whatever, you know, that, that old chart that Jimmy Johnson came up with many, many years ago. However you want to balance that out, you want to mix and match, you know, a second and a fifth and a bag of jock straps and some footballs. All yeah. right, does, does that do it for you for Jonathan Taylor? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, look, he's at 24 years of age, uh, coming off an ankle injury, and we all know that running backs, when they hit that running back cliff, for some of them, it, it's a denouement, right? It just kind of slowly goes down and you hit the end. Some, it's it's the Grand Canyon. Yep. And it's like people are talking about, you know, the, the Dallas Cowboys right now. Would they be interested? Mm. Uh, Jerry Jones is going to kick the tires on everybody, especially if you're a big name. And Jonathan Taylor is a big name. Yes. But do I see the Dallas Cowboys? And I, I live in Dallas, Texas. Do I see them making a move on Jonathan Taylor? Hell no. I mean, absolutely not. For several reasons. One, they just paid Zach Martin again. They just paid Trayvon Diggs. They still have to pay guys like CeeDee Lamb and Micah Parsons. And if Dak does what I think Dak is going to do and have a bounce back year, because the Cowboys are going to win double digits. You know, They'll have a double digit win season yeah. yet again under Mike McCarthy. Back to back 12 in year, 12, 12 win seasons. They're going to have another great regular season. Now Dak has to do it when it matters most, when the lights are brightest, and that's in the playoffs. And if he finally does that, guess what? You also have to pay Dak Prescott again. Right. So the Cowboys can't afford, in my opinion, to give Jonathan Taylor what they want and then look at their history with yeah. running backs as well. DeMarco Murray, yeah. leading rusher in the NFL, 
Bye bye. We yep. ran you into the ground and then we cast you off. Ezekiel yep. Elliott. We yep. ran you into the ground yep. and then we cast you off after stupidly paying you while you were training in Cabo. Jerry Jones is not going to pony up big time money or give away assets for a running back who's been in the league for what now? Three, four years. Yeah, I know he's a former NFL leading rusher, but he's not going to do it, especially when he's got Tony Pollard and Deuce Vaughn, the rookie out of Kansas State, a tremendous one-two punch. This sounds like fun sports talk radio to put Jonathan Taylor and the Cowboys together, okay? But the Cowboys just got out of the Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott contract mistake. That The problem for them isn't the assets that they'd have to give up to get Jonathan Taylor. As you said, Ian, the problem is the contract that they'd then have to sign him to. Because I don't think Jonathan Taylor, whether it's the Cowboys or the Colts or anybody, I don't think he's playing until he gets some kind of contract extension. And I don't think the Cowboys are in any position to be the team to be able to give him that extension. And Jerry did what Jerry does. He loves the attention. So when asked by Clarence Hill of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, like, where do you come out on this? Of course he said, I look at every opportunity. But I think the second half of this quote is telling. The way our young backs are playing, I'm very comfortable with where we are. I feel good about the running back position. If we didn't add anybody, I don't think they're desperate, certainly, to do this. And so I don't think they'll be the team. As you look at, you know, that team's page on ESPN.com, Ian, I wonder, there's a couple that jump out to me as possibilities, a team that could really use and has a little bit of room and space. Is there one to you that you say, wow, I think that actually makes sense and is a pretty good fit? I don't know their cap space right now, but, you know, the Miami Dolphins were doing the dance with Dalvin Cook for a long time, trying to bring him home where he grew up in Miami, you know, and, and played at Florida State. He's a Florida state of Florida guy, and obviously Dalvin Cook goes to the New York Jets instead. Uh, I don't have their cap number in front of me, but that's one team that comes to mind. I mean, they're the all-track meet team. I mean, they have a damn 4 by 100 relay squad out down there right now. Their receivers uh, with all their are speed just, are just it's, it's naughty. I mean, it's X-rated, so... You had you had a Jonathan Taylor down there. It's, I mean, my gosh. But I don't know if they can do it with their cap space. But the other part is, even when a team like look at the New Orleans Saints in this past offseason. right? They were in cap hell. I mean, they were in the outer rings of Dante's inferno. Yeah, and they, and they still were able to bring in guys like Derek Carr because you can borrow from Peter to pay Paul down the road and restructure contracts in order to lower your cap number dramatically. But but Ian, part of the reason why they're in that position is because of the decision that they made with Alvin Kamara. And do you think they feel good about that decision right now? Probably not. No, no. I just use the Saints as an example, not as a destination for JT, but as an example of how you can manipulate the cap to be able to bring in another guy. You have some veterans that... You know, you can put some defer some money from the front end to the back end of their contracts if they're team players. Like Aaron Rodgers just took a thirty-five million dollar pay cut sure. to bring in guys like Dalvin Cook. So, sure, you know, is it a team out there that that would do something like that? Yeah, there is. Jonathan Taylor is going to end up on a squad and be a bell cow back for another year or two, and then that's when that running back cliff hits. Unless you're one of those freaks of nature, the handful of guys right. that have gone on for like right. Frank Gore played for forty-seven years. I mean. Right. He, Adrian Peterson was good into his 30s, but that, yeah. that's not that's They're the not outliers. Right. They're the outliers, man. They're, they're rare specimens. And Jonathan Taylor's breaking down already. I'll give you a team 
Ian, that I think is under some pressure to win now and I think needs an addition of toughness and running into what they do. The Buffalo Bills play in the craziest weather in the NFL, okay? And I think their team is built like a dome team. It's a weird fit for the place where they play, and it's no surprise to me that on a snowy day in Buffalo, Cincinnati went out there and up uh, out-toughed them in the divisional playoff game. So to me... I know this is another team that doesn't have oodles of cap space, and they did just bring in Damian Harris from New England, but they didn't pay him a ton of money. If I was them, I would want to make investment in offensive line and run game in front of Josh Allen, Uh, and I'd be willing to give up a draft pick to do it. I think Jonathan Taylor would look really, really good in Buffalo if that's something that the Bills could pull off. We're both on AFC East teams. What do you make of that one? Uh I like James Cook a lot, second round pick out of Georgia. You know, and you br- you mentioned the depth they have of bringing in Damian Harris, who's averaged over four yards of carry in his career. So I'm going to go younger with more tread on the tires, even though he's unproven. I think I mean he only had what 89, 90 touches or carries last year. I'm guessing I'm off the top of my head here for around 500 yards. Yeah, but I think I think the Georgia Bulldog is going to be a star in this league, and you have depth with Damian Harris, so. If I'm the Bills, I'm not bringing in Jonathan Taylor and giving up assets and a lot of money Mm. to improve a position where I believe they're actually pretty good. This is not Christian McCaffrey going to San Francisco. Like, he is a difference maker in so many different levels of the way he play. You know, he's a weapon in the pass game, and he can carry the ball. So you're getting a really dynamic guy that I think is really hard to find. And I think that trade made sense for San Francisco, and they gave up a one in order to make it happen. I thought it totally changed their team. Yeah, it turned to another level. I agree, yeah, 100%. And, and, and I, I just think Jonathan Taylor is different than that. So who, I'm trying to find, then, who the team is that's running back hungry because a lot of teams – Philadelphia? No. I think they feel like they've got their stable of guys. They let Miles Sanders go to Carolina. Yeah, and, and by the way, and I, I, you, now you mentioned Miles Sanders. Did you see his comment about Nick Saban? No. What did he say? Oh, my gosh. If you're James Franklin, you're going, what in the hell, dude? I mean, he, you are blue and white, not crimson and white. So he was asked about Bryce Young, and he goes on this rant about – Man, Nick Saban's just getting it done at Alabama. I mean, oh, you know, well, Jay, uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, and, uh-huh. and Devontae Smith. I mean, these guys are just beasts, and I see the same thing in Bryce Young. So, but, sorry, you just reminded me about that funny clip from, from a Penn State Nittany Lion going over the top on Bama and Nick Saban. But they could be one. I mean, but again, it's there's six teams that have inquired. Yeah. What are they willing to pay? Meaning monetary wise, what are they willing to give up asset draft pick wise? Right. And it doesn't fully make sense also for the Colts to agree to what they're willing to give up. There's a yeah. lot of moving parts here, but bottom yeah. line is yeah. Jonathan Taylor will be with a new team next year. Well, uh, yeah, at Baltimore is another one where I'm like, huh, like, you know, JK they've got, Dobbins, a, they've got a stable of backs. Again, they want to try to make their quarterback less of a runner. If I coached Lamar Jackson, I would want to make Lamar Jackson more of Lamar Jackson. <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't be trying to turn him into something he's not. We just had this conversation with Mark Schlereth a half an hour ago. You, you, you want to make Lamar Jackson a pocket passer. Why? He's one of the most electric quarterbacks ever, and he's actually gotten hurt when he's in the pocket, not when he's running around yeah. making plays all over the field. I, I just, to me, I, I, I'm having trouble finding the right team. I'm having trouble finding the right team here. 
And I know six teams have inquired, but just because they've asked doesn't necessarily mean, you know, that, yep, 100%. That, that, that this is going to get worked out. Coming up next, Ian Fitzsimmons has ranked his top five non-quarterback impact rookies. We will get to them next. I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Ian, Canty, and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. We spend a lot of energy talking about the rookie quarterbacks because they deserve a lot of attention. But there are going to be some guys that play in the NFL this year that are in this draft class that are going to make the difference between who does and who doesn't win the Super Bowl. That's the way it was with Kansas City last year. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. And we are presented by our friends at Progressive Insurance. Ian, I love it when you do stuff like this. Because you spot guys, I mean, some of them are obvious choices that I would have, but sometimes you spot and find guys for lists like this that aren't totally obvious to, unless you're listening and then you get a little bit of insight. So Ian has put together his top five non-quarterback impact rookies in the NFL. Ian, take it away. Number Three five. of these guys are on the all-hug team from last year. And every year I, 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 I cover guys a little more often, or teams a little more often than others. You get to know the dudes on and off the field. And so three of these cats are, full disclaimer, all-hug from last year. Number five, and by the way, two through five, interchangeable. Number one, stands alone. B. John Robinson, Atlanta Falcons running back out of Texas. All-hug team. First two carries he ever had in his life. When he was eight years old, he ran the wrong way, scored for the other team. Not once, but twice, back-to-back carries. Embarrassed his grandfather as a Pac-10 official. His grandfather was embarrassed and humiliated. Gave him game film of a guy named Reggie Bush wearing number five for USC. He goes, this is what you want to do as a running back. As an eight-year-old, took to it, and he can tote it. He can catch it. He can block it, just like Reggie Bush did at SC. He's a bigger frame. Bijan Robinson, an absolute beast for the Falcons. Number four. Nolan Smith. Eagles linebacker for Georgia North. The guy who wore four at Georgia is a, he was overshadowed by everybody else. 
But I promise you, Eagles fans, you're going to love Nolan Smith. He is a motor off the edge. He's a leader of men. He has a bunch of former dogs literally on that same side of the ball with him. And you will not find, even as a rookie, a bigger trash talker that backs it up than Nolan Smith on the field. Clark Kent off the field with the glasses. Damn near Superman on the field. Nolan Smith, number five, is going to be a wrecking machine in the NFC East. Number three. Jameer Gibbs. Didn't really get to know him a lot last year. He's a very he's an introvert, a very quiet guy. But Will Anderson told me the outstanding All-American now with the Houston Texans. The first time they padded up in camp last year, the Georgia Tech running back transfer was untouchable. He said, I had him dead to rights, full contact. First time I get to hear the transfer, I'm like, where'd he go? It's like I had a top gun. Where'd who go? I mean, yeah, that that is Jameer Gibbs. Line him up in the slot at wide out as a tailback. Jameer Gibbs is going to be an instant impact player for the Detroit Lions. And by all accounts, tearing it up in camp. Number two. That's Will Anderson. I mean, I mean, come here, big fella. Let me hug you. I mean, he just he's an absolute team first guy and he delivers with numbers game-changing plays and he he will never get an ego you want to know why will anderson senior and mama sweet tea mama sweet tea ms anderson will whip his ass if he he came into her house with any kind of an attitude she told me he might be the best player in college football to you all but in this house he's just will and with the texans he will be an absolute beast as an edge rusher number one Darnell Wright, Tennessee, now the Chicago Bears. Staying with Will Anderson. He told me about Darnell. When we asked him at the draft, who's the best player you, you went against last year? That dude wearing 58 at Tennessee. He's a man and a mountain of a man. Darnell Wright will be a, a perennial pro bowler for the Chicago Bears. That's my top five non-QB impact rookies for the NFL. I could have put Bijan and Will Anderson on this list, but it's interesting that you have an offensive tackle and a guy who's playing for a team that's hoping they've finally found their quarterback in the number one spot on this list. Up next, we talk Browns. Deshaun Watson has decided that he knows he has something to prove. We discuss next. Canty and Carlin's on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Andy and Carlin, the podcast.